Welcome to the Embracing You podcast with your host, Eric Pothen. We are all on our own unique journey to discovering ourselves. Each episode, I will help you navigate the journey within to reconnect with and discover the innate love you have for yourself. This podcast will cover topics from self-love to eating disorders and body image to mental health and to overall well-being. My goal is to help you honor and embrace yourself so you may live your most authentic life. Let's dive in. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Embracing You podcast. I hope that you all have been well. Um, I know for me, there are some really exciting things happening for me um, in this space of continuing to raise awareness around eating disorders, disordered eating, and body image. Um, And so I just find myself incredibly grateful for these exciting things that are unfolding for me. Uh, Today's episode is all about navigating the body postpartum, and we have a special guest with us today, Liz Kruger. Liz Kruger is a creator, connector, and curator of all things community-based in Minneapolis with her husband, Dan, and their two-year-old daughter, Collins. Liz is originally from southern Minnesota and graduated from Marquette University in broadcasting. Liz is currently the curator for the second of its kind, Lululemon Experiential Store. Liz has never been one to follow what's conventional, but to follow where the happiness takes her. The simple things are what make her tick. If you ask what she does for a living, it wouldn't be her job title. Instead, you would get her purpose statement. I'm an inspirational hype girl, and my purpose is to bring the realness, joy, and attention to all things epic in this life. Liz does such a beautiful job sharing her story of how she navigated her own body postpartum, and I cannot wait for you all to listen. So without further ado, let's dive in. Well, hello, Liz. How are you doing today? I'm so good. I'm like, I'm sitting in front of a big window with lots of sunshine, so... That's a plus. (laughs) Yes, I am like very glad that we are hopefully on the back end of these long, dark, cold days of the Minnesota winter that we've been experiencing. So the sunshine is definitely a plus on days like today. So once again, I just want to thank you so much for being a guest on the Embracing You podcast today. Uh, So to start out, why don't you just tell us a little bit about yourself, both professionally and personally? Great. I think this is always the hardest question, right, to answer about yourself. (laughs) Going on almost 38, I'm like, I am born and raised from southern Minnesota. Um, And then I uh, went to school in Milwaukee for broadcasting, never went into broadcasting. Um, So I'm actually now um, in event planning and I'm a curator for Lululemon Mall of America. So I do all of the um, Minneapolis market events that are sweat, they're cultural, um, they're emotional, it's music, it's food, it's it's all the things. So I get to plan and curate with our Minneapolis community and our Lululemon ambassadors. Um, and then on a, a personal note, I'm a wife, I'm a mother to a, a two-year-old um, little girl named Collins. Um, before COVID, I was more social. I don't even know if I can call myself an extreme extrovert anymore. I used to like call myself that. And now I'm like, am I though? Because I really like the couch. So, um, but I am a very energetic um, human. Um, I, If people are familiar with Minneapolis, they will probably see me out and about at the things that are happening in our city because I do truly love being at events. I love to socialize. Uh, People make me tick. And so I'm usually around uh, people. But now learning to take care of myself a little bit more and go inward uh, more than I used to. So that's a little bit about me. So I want to rewind here a little bit. As you were telling us a little bit about yourself um, on the personal level, You had mentioned that you were a mother, and so to start today's conversation out on kind of a little bit of a more fun and lighthearted note, uh, but what are some of your favorite things about being a mom? 
I'm like, oh, am I getting emotional now at this question? Wait, what? I was like, oh, my gosh. I love everything about being a mom. Truly, um, I wasn't ever sure if I wanted to, like, be a mom. Um, it just life – I've always filled my life with so much that it wasn't a top of my top of my list, right, that I needed this thing to be happy. But what I've found is that, like, she is, like, my everyday joy. Um having her through a pandemic, like really gave me a lot of perspective about what matters and her personality is just so happy and she's so innocent. And so like, even when things feel heavy or hard, it's like, you look at this little being and you're just like, Oh my God, like you're just so pure. And I want you to stay like that forever. And she makes me laugh. I never understood when people were like, my kid's my best friend. I was like, how are you friends with a two-year-old? And then I had my own kid and I was like, oh my God, she really is like my little best friend that like I can bring her anywhere. Like I go and have dinner with her. I'll take her to a restaurant, just like me and her. Um, and it's just really special um, because I love seeing her discover who she is and discover new things in like the world. Um I, I'm I'm wondering when I'm gonna get less obsessed with her, but I don't know if it's gonna happen. But um those are just like the big, like kind of like the big things about motherhood that I I really love. And then there's just a lot of funny things that she does like every day that um that bring me joy as well. Absolutely. And you do such a good job of, you know, kind of sharing your relationship with your daughter on social media, which is such a pleasure to watch. And I just love watching you interact with her and all the fun things that you get to do with Collins and whatnot. So it just brings me joy to also see you being so elated and, you know, joyful to have Collins as your own daughter. Yeah, it's weird. I'm like, I don't know if I'm doing things right. So I'm always like, like people don't need to like follow what I'm doing, but it is like when it's your own kid, you're just like, this is what works for us. And um, I think that's also like been really wonderful because I haven't had like a strict plan of how this is all going to go down or like, I've just, I'm kind of a go with the flow person. And so it's been really fun to just kind of discover new things every day too, and share that with the world. I kind of think like our phones are like the, that big camcorder that parents like have on their shoulder and now it's just in our hand. And so I'm like, I take these memories for myself, but I've gotten so much feedback that people love seeing her and they brighten their day. And I'm like, that's so cool that at such a young age, you can make an impact. And I can't wait to like tell her that when she's older, like people like love you and they've loved you since you were little. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. So I'm going to shift gears a little bit here, and today's episode is all about raising awareness and having a conversation about some of the challenges women can have and face with their bodies postpartum. I feel like this is a space that needs to be talked about more, so why do you think that this is something that isn't talked about more openly? I honestly think... I first of all, don't think it's intentional, but I do what I do think it is, is comes from the insecurity of women. Like it, there's so much pressure on you and there's all these, even more so today, we can see people's lives on social media, um, and compare ourselves. And I think a lot of women think like, okay, well, I'm going to have this baby and I'm going to do the things. And then I'm going to go to my six week appointment and they're going to tell me I get going to work out and then I should work out and I should be like getting back into who I am. And I think a lot of us find out that that is like so unrealistic, but you have that moment of panic, like, shoot, like, am I different than other moms that maybe first of all, are genetically different than me, maybe had a different labor and delivery story, maybe their physical part of their life isn't, isn't as much of a focus as yours or whatever it is. Everybody's so different. So I really do think it comes from that like insecurity and that fear. And, and maybe I'm speaking from my own uh, experience. Um, and that's the only position I will speak from, but I know for myself, I knew it was important because I had already gone through body struggles before postpartum. And so for me talking about it is healing and it makes me feel less alone. I also know that I'm way more of an open book than most people, um, and that's not how people process things either. Um, but I don't think it's intentional. I just do think it comes from women being insecure um, when they're in a really vulnerable state, and you know, like your hormones are out of whack. You just went through like one of the most like 
life-changing, sometimes traumatic experience. And then this like postpartum body image is like so top of mind because it's what the culture kind of has bred. Um, and so, yeah, it makes it really, really challenging to not think about. And I think you can either internalize it or you can go public. like me. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for sharing all of that. And to me, it sounds like it's very like um, multi-layered. And I know that I personally do not have this this experience as I am male. And that's why I'm so grateful that you as a female is so willing to come onto this podcast and have an open conversation about this with a male. But um, I think, you know, just like with mental health, we haven't really opened the door to having these conversations about the body, right? Especially postpartum or even being public and sharing your own story of struggling with all of these things like body image and these experiences are all things that I think are inducing shame upon us just because you don't hear anyone else share their experience with it. And if you don't hear anyone else share their experience with it to normalize your own, then you kind of feel like you're an outcast or that there's something wrong with you um, as an individual. And so, yeah, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think it's also too like, because it is a physical part and there's so much there's so much weight put on women's looks and the physical being and women have always been told to be small and all of that. I also think it's like male or female, pick your biggest insecurity, whatever that might be. It could be your weight. It could be your IQ. It could be a physical feature. It could be whatever it is. And then think about how openly you want to talk about that, right? It's like, that's scary. And you feel like a failure or you feel gross or you feel just like you're really fully exposed. Um, and so I think it's it's helpful, like you said, to have these conversations um, as frequently, frequently as we can. And like, if I have to be a trailblazer in that space, like sign me up because... Um, it's it just even with being a woman in general, like letting us be who we are authentically, the more that we show up and share these things, it allows other people's other people to be who they are authentically too. And that comes with suffering and it comes with not being a perfect mom and it comes with not having our shit together after you just gave birth and then you're supposed to like feed this baby, be a partner, also get rest. And maybe you're getting paid, maybe you're not, maybe you're still working. There's just so many layers to it that I think that physical side can also feel like really like trivial. Like people are like, well, if I care about that, it makes me not seem like a good mom or it makes me feel like makes me seem shallow. Um, and I know from my own life experience, I've, I've, what I'm learning is that I've placed a lot of my value on my physical being. I don't know where it came from. I still don't know because I didn't have social media growing up, but uh, there was something that was like obsessed with like diet culture and it sticks with you. And so, yeah, I just think you also don't want to like talk about it because you're like, well, if I talk about this, then people are going to think that I'm like super vain and that's the only thing that matters. But my body just did this beautiful thing and I'm supposed to be really happy about the beautiful thing it did. But that beautiful thing actually like wrecked my body put me in somebody else's body, threw my hormones around and then was like, go be the best mom you possibly could be. Um, because I think if men were in our position, they would feel the same way. Like what just happened? Like it's, there's so much to it. Um, so yeah, I think that's, that's also hard too. It's like, you don't want to seem like you care about something that shouldn't matter, but it actually does. Because for me, it was about, I just want to feel like me. And when I'm not feeling like myself, whether that's mentally or physically, you feel like you can't function. It's like, who am I? What is this? I don't know what to do with it. Um, when your clothes don't fit, that sucks. Like you have a whole closet of all these things and you can't wear any of them. It's like, who's going to feel good about that? Nobody. Um, you know, it's just so like you said, I think it really is. It's like a layering of so many different aspects. And then everybody's life experience and birthing and postpartum experience are also different as well. So even as people share, people might see like glimpses of themselves and other people's story. But also you're just your life experience and your your uniqueness and relationship to your body could be so different than somebody else's as well. Yeah, absolutely. And 
I think you hit the nail on the head when you were talking about the authenticity component too. I mean, I feel like we can discover our true authentic selves when we can learn to accept our present and in our past as well. So for me, I think, you know, in my own personal experiences and with my journey of mental health is it's really to be able to provide some sort of softening to the present moment and whatever it is that I'm going through that really allows for the more authentic me to show up. And so I think you painted that picture really beautifully here when you were talking about, you know, you just want to feel like yourself again. And it, it, it's just so hard when you have this ideal of, you know, where you were before you gave birth. And now you're comparing that to how you feel after birth. And so I think it all sounds like from your own personal experience that, you know, as all of these things are coexisting at once, like your hormone levels feeling off, your clothes not fitting. Uh, it once again just goes back to that layering effect of how the hell am I supposed to feel like myself when the person I knew myself to be before this entire journey is not the person that I feel like is living inside of my body right now. Exactly. It's like, it's just, it's a really like surreal experience too. And I think it's like, why they say, you know, you have like your nine months to like be prepared for the baby and you, you get that time, but then post baby, it's like, they say it's like the fourth trimester um, when you're then acclimating back and your hormones are still, you know, like if you're breastfeeding or whatever, your hormones are at a crazy level for a long time. Um, so it's like, you don't really get an adjustment period like you do with the nine months. It's like, nope. And now you're back and you're like, but I'm not <laughs> like, I'm, I'm truly not like I'm, uh, I just remember being like, before I got pregnant, everybody was like, you're going to be the cutest pregnant person. You're so fit. And da, da, da. first of all, don't say that to people because <laughs> it's like, I didn't realize it sounds kind on the surface, but it also sets people up for like, <laughs> not, not, a not you don't know what your reality is going to be. Right. When, and genetics come into play for me, I was really sick for about 26 weeks of my pregnancy in a pandemic. So I was not moving. I was eating a lot of croissants. Um, I think I pretty much was depressed in my first trimester, but nobody really talks about that. So I didn't want to really move or do anything. And I, I think I put on like 55 pounds or something in my, in my pregnancy, which in my mind, I was going to be working out every day. I was going to be eating healthy. Well, the, I, I couldn't eat meat. It would make me like want to throw up there. I couldn't even have a salad. I was like, so I was eating bread basically for nine months because it made me feel good. Um, and I wasn't really moving. I was going on walks when I could. So again, because I'd never been pregnant and when you're living in your own body, you don't know what that's going to do to your body. Um, and then I went through 43 hours of labor and because I was so nauseous, they were pumping me full of fluids. So then after I had my C-section for like maybe two months plus, I had all this water retention in my body. So I left the hospital probably bigger than I went in. And so that was a really big like mind, you know what? Um, and so I was like, I literally had to have my husband leave the hospital and get me a dress because my legs wouldn't fit in the sweatpants I brought and my feet wouldn't even fit into the um, sandals I brought. And it was in the middle of the winter. And so I had to leave the hospital wearing wool socks, no shoes because my feet didn't fit and a dress that like, because my legs were so big that they couldn't fit in my own pants. It was like the most humbling, like what has happened. Um, you know, this is something like the experience for me, I was like to my husband, I'm like, this feels like something we should go through together when we're like 90 and you're like helping me put on diapers and I like can't fit into things. But like, I'm 30 something years old right now. And this just feels, it was just, it's sad. Like you just feel like depressed about it. Um, but then you're also, there's your baby and you're like, wow, I just did this really amazing thing. Um, but I'm a big believer that women also need to take care of themselves. Um, to be a good mom. And so I think those feelings are so valid because it's like, like you said, if we don't feel like ourselves, how are we going to even be able to show up for other people? So I think that's a big part of it. But yeah, I just think you just don't know what you're going, your body's going to do. Um, and you have to let it do what it's going to do to grow life. And that's also really hard because you have those both and um, grief counselor, Kelly, I was 
reminds me of that, that both end, like you can be really, really happy that you have this baby and you can not like the shape of your body. Um, that helped me a lot getting through so much now at this point, but, um, it's tricky. It's really, really tricky. Yeah. Wow. Thank you so much for sharing all of that. I know that those are incredibly vulnerable shares and in parts of your story that you just um, beautifully wove a narrative of. So I know you just talked about your process leading up to your birth and then shortly after you left the hospital. Would you be willing to talk a little bit more about your journey after you got home from the hospital with your body and what that kind of looked like for you as you started to navigate that more and more? Yeah, I was, I mean, I was really lucky to have the support of my mom who came up and stayed with me and my husband um, because my, I had to wear like compression socks and get massage the fluid out of my legs and I'd be up at night walking and my body was swollen. Um, and then I did go to my six week appointment and my body was in no condition to do any of the things they told me I could, could do. Um, but about two months after I started doing some like pelvic floor therapy because I wanted to move, but I knew I wasn't like in shape to like start doing workouts and I wanted to be like really gentle on my body. And I did give my permission, myself permission. And I think that was something like, Liz, you're not going in with a workout regimen in the first three months. Like let just be a mom, sit in it. I did all of that. I, I really did. I just let myself like be in the body I was and let it change as I was breastfeeding, which also was hard on my body and it was not easy for me. So that was a whole nother thing to navigate. Um, but after that three month mark was kind of when I was like, okay, I think I'm going to like start moving. My husband and I had booked a trip to Tulum because we didn't get a baby moon. And I was like, we're out of the pandemic. Like I just need to get away. I, we left the baby with my, um, uh, with my mom and my sister and we went and I like signed up for a challenge. Like it was like a workout challenge. Um, and I started it while I was on vacation. So I did start working out and I did also commit to a plan with my husband. I was like, I'm going to need three days a week. I need us to have a schedule that I know that Tuesday, Thursday, Sunday mornings are mine. Um, I just need to move during those times. I didn't have a timeline of when my, I was going to get my body back, but I knew for my mental sanity and also the goal to get back into a body that felt like mine. I needed those days. So I'm really lucky. And it's like the best piece of advice I could give anyone is like, if you have the support of a partner or somebody in your life that can give you those moments to just be able to move postpartum or get away. And maybe it isn't even doing a hard workout. Maybe it's going for a walk or maybe it's taking a nap. That's also important. Um, um, but for me, I, those were my days and I, worked out really hard, like Tuesday, Thursday, Sunday, and I always showed up, even though I didn't want to. Um, but I just knew that I needed to do that for myself because this was not going to be my forever. I needed to get back into my, to my normal way of living. Um, but it was really hard. I had tons of cellulite on my legs. I still do. My legs are not in the condition. It was, it's been my biggest insecurity my whole life. I finally got it under control because of all the weight training I was doing before baby. And then I'm basically back to like where I was, um, like with the feelings about it. Right. Like people can look at me and say, Oh, you're great. Da, 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 da. But the feelings that I have towards that part of my body, it's, it's different now. It's just, it's, and people used to tell me like your body will never be the same. And I hated hearing that because I'm like, I was like, no, it like, it will be like, I, I don't want to like have that, be a thing, but it is different. I have a, you know, I have a squishy belly where my baby lived. It's not flat. There's a, you know, a, a bump from where my C-section was. I have a ledge. Um, so although I was working out three days a week, um, my body is still very different. I'm still very much accepting the new body I'm in. Um, what I've shared with Eric and the rest of my Instagram is that I just went through a miscarriage two weeks ago. So I was nine weeks pregnant. So, um, Okay, now I'll cry. Um, but the, the hormones at the beginning of a pregnancy also change your body. So right now I'm currently in a different body and it appears to nobody that I am pregnant because I'm not anymore. But so now I'm going through a whole nother postpartum as an extension of the other postpartum stuff that I never even like got to like wrap up. Right. So um, 
and it's wild because I look at moms that have multiple kids and I'm like, you are such warriors because you're going through this multiple times. And I know that there's so many moms that like look at themselves before baby and want to be that person, but it's really hard to have the time and the resources and the energy to like, to, to get back there. So I'm a very long-winded person. So <laughs> uh, that's my, um, my take on that. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing that. And one thing that I'm I'm hearing you say as you know you continue to tell your story is that you can, you know, correct me if I'm wrong here, but it seems like you've been having to do a lot of reshifting of expectations that you potentially might have placed on yourself and what your body should or shouldn't look like. Uh, and now you're providing this positive self-narrative that I'm hearing you say around things like yes, I'm accepting that my tummy is a little squishy because my baby was in there, or I have a bump on my stomach from my C-section. Like, to me, there is just so much self-compassionate narrative that you're telling yourself, and I just want to reflect that back to you, that, you know, that positive self-talk is so important, especially when the body is going through a season of change. So, is that something that you continue to be mindful of as you are still on this journey? Yeah, I appreciate you like acknowledging that because I don't like I think a lot of the times when I feel like I'm acknowledging that I'm like drawing attention to the flaws, but I'm also I don't anymore look at myself and go, "Oh, I hate that or that's gross." I acknowledge the reality of it and go, like this is this happened because I have this beautiful baby and these things happen and I I continue to use movement as my way to work through these things, not to become smaller, not to reach a certain weight, like I would maybe in the past have done. Um, but really just to, I keep reminding myself, like if you just keep moving um, and keep loving your body, like things will be where they need to be and you're going to become more okay with it. Um, and so I do, I think self-talk is a very underutilized tool because I constantly am talking to myself um, and I don't talk hate to myself, which I think a lot of people do, which people don't see that right. But there's a lot of people that tell themselves they're fat or they're ugly or they're not worth anything because they do look different or they're not as worthy as they was where they were before baby. And like that breaks my heart because I've I've done a lot of work on my like my body journey over the years to get to a place where I can love my body, even though it's not perfect, um, or perfect in the way that I think it should be, or compare it to a place of where I used to be. And I know a lot of people will compare themselves to others. I think I compare myself more to other areas in my life that I've been, and I wish that I could get back to. Um, whereas I think a lot of, there's that external comparison, whether it be on Instagram or people, you know, because there's some women that carry a the baby is a little basketball, they give birth, and then they're just back in their body. And genetics play a big part in that, right? Like there's, every woman is built so differently. So I also have that rational, um, like <laughs> I have that, that rational talk to myself, like, Hey, that person is five, nine and their whole family is like lean string beans. Your family's not that your pair women. If you didn't work out, your legs have more cellulite. That's just you know, we have thinner skin. You can see the cellulite more. It's it's genetic that you cannot change, um, but it doesn't make it less hard. But I do think that like talking to yourself in a kind way helps you get to a better place um, long term. And I wish that I could get everybody to talk kinder to themselves. Even if you don't love yourself, you can have some neutrality to it. And I think some people think like, being neutral is not great, but I think on the days that are hard for me, if I can just get to a neutral place and be like, this is my reality and this is okay. It can help me get through to the next day because I don't go dip below that neutral point where like, this sucks. I'm just going to stop. I'm never going to be who I was before. Like, I just don't get there anymore. I just, I don't. And I, it's because of all of that talk that you, that you referenced. Yes, I agree 100%. Um, so thank you again for just sharing a lot of your journey uh, with your body postpartum, even leading up to your birth and then afterwards. I'd like to zoom out a little bit here and 
ask you the question, what inspired you in the first place to share your own story with your body postpartum with others? That's a great question. I think it wasn't until I felt like I was in a little bit of a better place than I that I, that I started sharing. I will I'm always honest with that. Like I didn't share my raw photos before I had an after or like a a progress photo because it was like when I was in it I was like oh my god. But when I saw the work I was putting in and the things that I was doing that weren't that intense, but I was just staying committed. I was like this is I think this is helpful because people saw me as such a fit person before that that's the only way that I could ever the state of being I could be in. And I was like, that's just not the truth. And I don't want anybody to ever think that like to, to hold themselves to a standard that isn't even true for myself. And so I think that was really helpful. I, I don't think I planned on continuing to share, but when I shared it the first time I got so many comments and DMS and just like people were so inspired by like my sharing, like it was moms that maybe even had five-year-olds that had never even had the time to get themselves back to where they wanted to be or didn't know how to, or, you know, and just felt a lot of shame. And I was like, this is really inspiring. It inspired me to keep going quite honestly. Um, and it also, I was still like protecting myself by not sharing everything in real time because I was still working through being comfortable in that body. Um, and now it's so much easier to like share all the videos and photos I took because I've, I'm on the other side. It's when you're in there, in the, in the mud and the gunk and the whatever, you don't necessarily want to share it. But what I found even on the internet is that when I share vulnerably, that's when I have the most engagement with my community. And that's for me, my page has always been about community. So if I can speak freely, um, to those people and build stronger connections, that's so meaningful to me. And also I'm realizing that people don't like me for my body. It's crazy, right? Um, and it's like, I have to remind myself, like none of my friends, none of the people in my life do I love because of the body that they live in. It's just because of the person that they are. And so I always have to remind myself of that too, that these people that I'm inspiring and that I'm talking to don't care if I have a six pack or a squishy stomach. They care. I have a story to share that I'm real, that I have a heart that I care to even engage and have a conversation with them and on a human level. And so that is like kind of like my North star with sharing stuff. Like, is it going to help people? Am I honoring my story and being truthful? Am I also giving my spell space, giving myself space to like process things before I share it? Um, and just ultimately like building that community through that connection because we're all humans struggling with something. And for me, it just happens to be like the physical body is my thing, right? Like, I don't know, it's keeps showing up in my life. So it's obviously teaching me and other people things. Um, so it's like my cross to bear that I have, I guess. Um, and so if I can do good with it, um, yeah, that's, I think, why I, why I share it the way I do. But I also want to say, like, off the internet, like, my my poor husband, I'm always like, you, like, you like my body, right? Like, the, the amount of times he gets this question, which I already know the answer to, but I, it, again, helps me process. And, like, I do need validation, I guess, sometimes to, like, help me push forward. Um, I don't dwell on it, but I'm like, you still think I'm pretty, right? Like I, this still, you know, it's like, cause that's another thing for women. I think the relationship to their partner, like that's so like how this baby got here. We all know how that happened. Right. And that comes from attraction to the other person. And so that's another big thing. Like, is my partner still going to find me attractive now that my body has gone through all of this? And that seems like really shallow, but I think it's also really a, a big reality for women because attraction in a romantic relationship is a thing. Um, so yeah, so th those conversations are being had too. So like talk about layers, there's so many different layers and the different relationships of your life. Um, and yeah, so to be okay with like the internet seeing my body or like my husband and all of that, it's, it's a lot, but, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And just in hearing you share, I can tell that 
you are a very self-aware individual and that it sounds like you kind of know what you need to make sure that you are moving forward feeling comfortable and confident in the actions that you are going to take. So I love the fact that you had talked about it, like you've needed some time to process and honor your experience that you were going through with your body postpartum before you chose to be open about it and share. You know, the beginning parts of your story with other individuals, and I mean, that was my own experience as well. When I went to go share my own story of living with an eating disorder, I was in recovery for a year and a half or so, and before I chose to, you know, share that, and I think when we can learn to honor and accept, you know, these experiences, it allows for an authentic telling of our story, and it it brings about so much more intention and reason behind why you are sharing your story. Uh, and I think, um, and so I just wanted you to also hear that you are so self-aware, like it is very evident that I feel like you are learning to navigate and pay attention uh, to more of what you need to do for yourself and then take action on it. Because I feel like so many times individuals know that like, oh, I need to take care of myself. I need to talk kinder to myself, but then they do nothing with it. But in hearing you talk, I'm noticing, you know, you are saying these things and then you're taking action on it. And I think it is so beautiful to hear you reflect on that process as you are navigating this whole journey still. Yeah. And I think that's, I think that awareness too is everybody has a different level of it. And although that like I'm public with it, it's, I think to women like listening to themselves, like, what do you need to like feel comfortable in your body moving forward. Like, I don't think, you know, sharing most people are like, yeah, hell no. Am I sharing a before and after or a progress picture of me in workout clothes? Like not everybody's journey. Right. But um, like, what is it then that's going to like help you connect to other people or talk about it? Or what is the space for people to do that? Right. Like, people sliding into my DMs became a space, you know, and I have a lot of that now, which is really great. And I think I, that's why I continue to share, but it's so hard because it's such, it's so deep, right? Like all these people have these stories that started from God knows when. And it's also like, for me, I'm not a therapist and I don't also know all the answers for everybody else, but I can share what like has helped me, but that's what it's, I don't know what the answer is for women. Like that's what I think feels tricky is it's like, how do we like change the narrative? And there's a lot of accounts now, again, back to the internet that share the realness of women's body. But I don't think that matters unless you work on what's inside, because if you don't, that, that body is that body. But if I look at my body and I still see it as gross or disgusting or big or whatever, that body doesn't matter to me because their body is not mine. Um, so that's where I did struggle in the beginning, like, like more power to you. You're showing your stretch marks and all these things, but my body looks like this and I'm not okay with it. So now what, you know? So, I mean, therapy really great. I mean, as, as you probably have been in therapy, I don't know, we've never talked about it, but I'm just assuming that you've, you've done therapies. Um, and I think that is a good starting point for people. I don't know, because we're talking to a friend and just opening up and being vulnerable to like start the conversation. Um, because sometimes it's hard to even take the action when you haven't like voiced it, right? Like you just spin and spin and spin. So putting like words or feelings to how you're feeling about your body is so important. Um and that's coming from somebody who's not a professional. I just know that like, it's helpful to identify what you're not liking or where you're stuck or what you need. And even if it doesn't sound perfect, because I still, my story feels muddy and not like done and dusted. I'm still working through it. But the more I vocalize the feelings or the things that come up for me, the more I have a better understanding of what's going on inside of me. Yeah, absolutely. And I think there's so much power when we can translate the thoughts that are running up in our mind all the time into actual sentences and conversations with other individuals. And so I think, you know, there's so much power, like you said, you don't have to go zero to 100 and share your full story with everybody, 
But if, if you feel comfortable enough to speak with a therapist or talk with a close friend or family member and just at least get the conversation going, um, I think that just opens the hearts just uh, so beautifully and it creates space for that healing and self-compassion, I think, just to enter in uh, freely and to feel like it has a space to exist in. Yeah, and that it's valid and that you have support because nobody should do it by themselves. And even with me, this time around, like with my miscarriage, we're going on vacation in two weeks. And before, like I would have maybe just kept things in. Now I'm to a point that I say to my husband, I'm feeling really insecure that I have to go and be in a swimming suit in Miami. I'm grateful for this vacation, but I also just was pregnant for nine weeks. And so my body's not, you know, and I just like, just to get that out, I feel better. I just, I said it, it's out there. It's not going to ruin my vacation. It's not going to be consuming me, but I needed him to know that this is how I'm feeling about my current body situation. Um, And I think that could be, I think to me, it feels healthy that the body stuff doesn't ever have to go away. And I don't think it probably ever will for me, but the fact that I can talk about it and be vulnerable and just say the thing and then be like, all right, the elephant that was in my room is now in everybody's room. And now just, you know, so, and then it's out there. Um, and then I can move on with peace. And I know that if I'm on vacation and something weird comes up for me, I can be like, oh, I'm having that feeling again. Doesn't need to be a day ruiner for me, but I can feel acknowledged by my husband, somebody who loves me and I can move on. And I think that's really important. So I think in that opening up and opening the heart and having it find a space, I think it can be really healing ongoing if you want to have that kind of healthy, I don't know if it's like a recovery of self or whatever it is, but, um, it's never put away in a cabinet. It's always going to be there. So what are you going to do moving forward to ensure that you feel safe speaking about your reality? Yeah, absolutely. Um, So I know you've shared a lot about, you know, what women can do to, you know, help them on their journey to creating a sense of self-compassion as they navigate their bodies postpartum. But what can other individuals do to support women as they navigate this space? Well, I think a big thing, and it's so hard because it's so ingrained in our culture to tell somebody they look so good after they've lost weight when they've had a baby or comment on the physical being of a pregnant woman in general. It's weird because when you're living in that body, when people talk about your belly and all that, it still feels like you're just like your flat belly and then it's like a bigger belly, but people talk about it like it's this like unicorn or something. Um, And same goes for like after giving birth. Like if we could just like comment less on each other's bodies, it would be really great. I don't know how that's ever going to be a thing. I, ca- I catch myself doing it too because you feel like you want to give somebody a compliment because if you have a friend that you know has been working out a ton and you're like, oh my God, she's doing it. She's lost 30 pounds. And you're like, wow, you look so great. But like doing a self-check on that, like, is this what this person needs to hear? And if it's not, or if it's somebody you're close to even like asking them, like, do you want me to like, you know, comment on, you know, like the progress you've been making? I know you've been sharing a lot about working out, Liz, but like, is that something you want people commenting on your physical body or should we focus more on the journey? And that, you know, I think there's needs to be more of that. Just asking like, what do you need? And like, what's respectful to you? Cause it's going to be different for everybody. It takes a lot to offend me, but, um, there's a lot of people that are highly sensitive to that. So I think if we could like Focus less on, wow, you look so great and more be like, how are you feeling? Like, you know, what, what has been working for you postpartum to like, you know, get back to feeling that feeling you like yourself because the body is tied to that. And we all know that. So that would be like my biggest tip. And I, again, I don't know how we stop that like initial, like people say it all the time. Oh my gosh, she looks so great. Or, oh my gosh, you bounced back. And people would even say it to me, oh my gosh, you bounced back. And I'm like that it takes away from all the work that these women are doing, like from the inside out, like, it's just not about that. Um, 
because we glorify the body when there's a baby in the belly and then nobody come or sometimes people won't comment on your body anymore because, well, that doesn't look very pretty. So if we could just also get to a place where it's like not about the woman's body. Yeah. The woman's body is amazing that we can do the things that we do. Um, but I really, I really advise people to stay away from how people, women look and just focus on that feeling. Um, moving forward. Absolutely. Like focus on the individual and the entity that is living inside of the body as opposed to the actual physical body in and of itself, right? Like I want to be known as Eric. I don't want to be known as, you know, Eric who is in shape or not in shape or doesn't have a good body or like any of those descriptors, right? But like even as I say that out loud, like I also want to call myself out because you know, I do still struggle with body image. And so I think it's a little bit naive of me or um, I think hypocritical is the right word I'm looking for here to say like, oh, I don't want others to think that I have a bad body, right? So it's like the self-awareness component that is so important um, for anyone, uh, especially as they are on a journey with their own bodies. And so Thank you so much for reiterating that once again in this conversation. Um, so yeah, I just really, really appreciate that. And I think that that is so incredibly important. It is. And we're not perfect, right? And so it's like if you say the wrong thing or whatever, I think that's also like like to call out your intention if you mess up or whatever. Because like you, it's like if you're saying it's like hyper-focused on the physical being, it's hard to sometimes not think about that thing. Um and again, it's just kind of like ingrained in society to comment on women's bodies when they're carrying babies or touch their body or whatever it is. Um, so it's going to take enough people doing the things to kind of like flip the script on that. Absolutely. So Liz, the title of this podcast is called Embracing You. So the next question I have for you is how will this conversation we are having together today help other women embrace themselves? Well, this has been a lovely conversation, by the way. Um, but I really hope people realize that I am no different than any of them. We are all human. And that if you can really just find ways to love the body you're living in, doesn't have to be every day, doesn't have to be every minute, but give yourself that love have a conversation like this with somebody and just be vulnerable, cry like about the feelings you're having about your body. And I like promise you're going to feel more free. A weight is going to be lifted. It's like giving yourself a hug because you've done something challenging and hard. And, um, and I think once that, once that starts and maybe listening to this podcast, it would be really awesome to hear like somebody was like, after listening to this, I went and had that conversation with my partner or I shared with a girlfriend, like to be a catalyst for anybody just getting a little bit of courage to speak about it. And it doesn't need to be publicly or to speak honestly with themselves um, to realize that we are all going through this. Nobody that has a baby is, you know, getting out of it. Like even people that appear like they bounce back may also be going back, back through something that we don't even know of, you know? So I just hope that this gives people a little bit of insight from one experience that, um, can, can relate to many experiences. Um, and yeah, I wish I could get every, give every woman a hug that has a baby and goes through it because you don't know until you do it. And it's hard if you're somebody that hasn't had a baby, but um, it's wild and we deserve all the love in the world and our bodies deserve us to love them for what they've done for us. So Absolutely. And it's also my hope that, you know, for people listening that they maybe are able to find a community that, you know, they can share these stories with and to feel connected and to um, just feel seen and truly understood. And like just all these things that you're mentioning, like it is just my hope that another woman who happens to be or who has a child or is currently pregnant and on their own journey right now, 
that they feel seen and heard and know that their own journey is valid and that they deserve all the love and self-compassion as they go about this journey because from what you've painted, it is, um, it's quite a complex and multi-layered journey, um, both leading up to childbirth and after. So I want to thank you so much, Liz, for just all of your vulnerability that you brought to this conversation today. And I just have so much respect for you and the work that you're doing in this space, as well as being an advocate for women and, and their bodies postpartum. So once again, Liz, thank you just so, so, so much for this beautiful conversation we were able to have together today. Um, but before we sign off, where can listeners go to follow you? Yes, my Instagram is at the Liz Kruger. That's K-R-U-E-G-E-R. Um, and that's that's where I share most things in my life, whether it be baby content, body content, just fun things that I'm up to. But um, definitely slide into my DMs. And I hope maybe from this conversation, it sparks in something something in me to speak more about this and Maybe I start a group, Eric, who knows, <laughs> as, as I get further in on my journey, you just never know. It's one of those things that I really do feel passionate about. So um, slide into my DMs and I'm happy to talk to any woman at any point in the game. And we just, we need each other to get through this. And also men like you, Eric, that you can have open and honest conversations about. It's actually really refreshing to speak to a man about this. Um, because it's just, yeah, it's just refreshing. So thank you. Well, everybody, I hope you enjoyed that conversation as much as I did. One more big thank you to Liz Kruger, who so beautifully shared her story with us today. Until next time, I hope that we can remind ourselves that our body is our home and that we need to treat it with love and kindness, that we can see other people for who they are and not what they look like. And most importantly, send ourselves some love each and every day because we're worth it. Much love.